Hey, hey, welcome to the Feminine Marketing Show. I'm your host, Hannah Hermanson, copywriter, retired business coach, creator of the Feminine Marketing Funnel, and expert vacationer. I'm here to give you the lowdown on everything I've learned about building multiple six-figure businesses in a feel-good, feminine way. So if you've been wondering, isn't there a better way to play this whole business strategy game? You are in the right place. Every week, I'll be here with my best advice, trainings, and mindset shifts so you can grow your business with ease, integrity, and so much joy. You can always pop over to dfycopywriting.org to learn more about me, my team, and the work that we do at Done For You Marketing. Now, let's get to the show. Let's make sure we're on the same page here. Feminine marketing isn't about pretty pink graphics or the right cursive fonts. It's about creating a growth strategy for your personal brand that focuses on connection, collaboration, and flow. Because I think being an entrepreneur is a great gig, but if you also want to have the true freedom and flexibility and creative energy to also achieve other goals in your life, like build a family or travel the world, you need to be able to leverage a feminine marketing strategy that can afford you the freedom and flexibility you truly desire. So the secret is officially out. (laughs) You don't have to strong arm yourself into doing it all so that you can have it all. So on this episode of the Feminine Marketing Show, I'm sitting down with my dear client and real life friend now in all the years of us working together, Lindsay Cortez. She is the CEO and founder of Rise Up Nutrition, and she's here today to discuss the art of a maternity leave and share with you the process that she and I went through about a year and a half ago when she was pregnant with her first and what we are leaning into this year as she's ready to welcome baby number two. So I highly recommend this being a show that you sit down with some notes or you have the notes app open if you're on the move listening to this one because Lindsay is a totally open book and so generous in letting you in to how she took her multiple six-figure coaching business with her into this new phase of her life, which will be having two babies under the age of two years old. And you will also get to learn how you can continue growing your business as you grow your family or your travel schedule, right? Whatever time you're looking to win back, uh, this is the place for you. Okay, I have to tell you, Lindsay, it's kind of trippy for you to be telling me about traveling with Gabe and your family because I remember you telling me like three years ago how you were in airports and you would see people with kids and you'd be like, I don't know. I don't know about that whole thing. And now look at you traveling with kids. You're doing it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I so funny you brought that up because I think about that, too. I was in this weird point in my life and I had this specific moment of like seeing a young mother mm-hmm. in an airport with a young child. And I was just like, oh, <laughs> no. 
even though growing up, I always did envision myself of having a family, but like, I think I've just been this like career driven person. And also I was kind of like relationship wise, I wasn't yet married. Not that you need to be married to have kids, but just saying like, I wasn't in a stable place where I could really envision that. And now over the past year, I've traveled in Gabe, who's one year old, has flown like six oh times, gosh. honestly. And I think every time I'm in the airport, really? I think about that yeah. moment and I'm like, yes, I do. Um, because it's so different now. It's like, you know, you have to, you do have to want to have children. That's important. Right. And, and it's like, okay, well now, like now I love mm -hmm. it. I love traveling mm -hmm. with him now. And it's, I mean, the plane rides are a little tricky, but like, it's, it's what we want to do with our lives and it feels so right. And it's like, so crazy how things mm -hmm. have changed in really a short amount yeah. of time. Well, I remember you, you probably don't remember telling me that story about the airport, but it totally yeah. landed with me because I, I feel the same way. And as someone who's been really focused on business and achieving goals, I've always been like caught up in the how, like, okay, if we're going to do that, yeah. like, how, because right now my life and my business is you know, demanding a lot of me or situated in a certain way where I'm required yeah. for the daily. And I'm super excited to kind of dive into the transformation that you've been um, taking under and we've been kind of working on together for the last couple of years because the all yeah. is possible. And I think so many women listening have heard other people say, like, you can have it all. But like, how? <laughs> so, how? so yeah. yeah. And I also like part of me is like now knowing that I had that kind of disconnect between wanting to be a mom. You know, there are other women who like want that. I, I was like one of my clients was like 24 and like wanted to be a mom. And I was just like, what? <laughs> like, that's not me. I'm I'm older mm -hmm. than that. Right. I'm I'm at this point in time, 33. So I had my first kid at 32 or 31 and a half or something like that. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but anyways, um, so now though, I'm like, I love it. I really do love being a mom. And so like talking to you, I'm like, Hannah, yeah, like, when are you going to do this too? <laughs> like, which I know is like probably the last thing you want to hear, but it's like, wait, you can, yeah. you can yeah. do this. And so I guess that's what that's we're going to talk, talk about. about. Because <laughs> even if it isn't a baby that we want to make space for, maybe it's travel yeah. or just more time off. I, I have a lot of women in my mastermind who talk about sabbaticals, like taking six months off a year, yeah. not every year, but regularly mm. and still seeing your business thrive and grow even without you in as much of the day to day. So tons to unpack. Yes. And I and I think I want to start with sort of the the real life moment where it's like, okay, in nine-ish months, things are going to be different. And I remember you coming to me too. I think I was one yeah. of the first few people that knew that you were pregnant and you were like, so we have nine months to do this. <laughs> I was like, all yeah. right. Okay, I get it. <laughs> and then there yeah. wasn't, okay, and, you know, if, if we need to edit out this dirty laundry, there wasn't even, like, there were nine months, but even those nine months, you were different because things change and yes. you weren't feeling like your old yeah. self. And so... And so no. I want to just kind of move through that whole process that we undertook to, um, yeah, really start to give you more space back. But t you take us back from yeah. your perspective of, okay, we know... In nine months, we're going to have a little one around here. What were some of your first thoughts yeah. when it, when you found out and your mind went to business? Mm -hmm. Where was your mind at? Even before getting pregnant, one of my reasons for starting my own business is that I, I didn't want to work mm -hmm. full time. 
I didn't want to work 40 hours a week. And, and I was, and sometimes I was working more than that. I was working maybe 50 hours a week or something. I don't know. It's hard to add up all the weekend, nighttime, checking email type things, right? Um, so when it was like, okay, I have nine months, it was, no, this has to change now. In the first few years of business, it was like, I'd ideally like to work part-time, but like now it's like, this has to happen now. It's not a, maybe someday I'll get there. It's I've got nine months to cut down from 40 or 50 hours down to 20 to 25. Um, also, I want to say that nine months seems like a long time. And like when you're feeling like all the pregnancy effects, like it is it's a slow nine months, but it, business-wise, that's so fast. Um, so definitely start as soon as you can with planning um, that process. Um, but also, I also want to say like, I towards the end of the nine months, I was stressing out of like, I don't have it all figured out yet. There was not enough time. I remember talking to you, having some freak out moments of like, I'm not ready for this. And you were really great at coaching me of saying like, everything's going to be okay. And because it's not just nine months, you, your business is living and breathing. And then you have a baby that's living and breathing and they can coincide at the same time. Not everything has to be figured out like with this deadline. Um, I was really like fearing the deadline of the due date, um, but I was able to figure things out, you know, four weeks later and six weeks later and and as I went along. So I think throughout the, the nine months, like the first three months probably went by way too fast. Um, the middle three months, uh, we got a lot done and the final three months, Personally, I hit panic mode, which I'm hoping to not do next time around. But um, maybe in those first three months where time can just so easily fly, like my advice would be to kind of, if, if I could have um, prepped a little bit more during that time, that would have been yeah. helpful. Yeah. And we had a strategic roadmap, right? So the things that I yeah. think about, you know, when we knew that we had this I don't want to call it deadline, but okay. So we sat down and we're like, yeah. okay, we have a it new was, North yeah. Star, right? We want to be working less, yeah. earning the same, if not more, and get Lindsay out of a lot oh, of yeah. the day-to-day. So we focus on the three Ps, which were packages, processes, and people. And this is something mm-hmm. for everyone to be looking at. Like, do I have packages in place that can sell without me? And so mm-hmm. we will talk about what we worked on for you around packaging. Mm-hmm. And then processes, right? Remember, and I was like, just document everything. I was like, just start recording yourself yeah. on Zoom. Talk out loud. You're taking client notes. Like, record that so that we have these processes documented so that we can hand it off to mm-hmm. the last P with the right people. And team was such mm-hmm. a big part yeah. of this transition for you. So, you're taking those yeah. packages, processes, and people. Those three P's are what you want to keep coming back to yeah. in you know this kind of um, goal of winning yourself more time and space back. And I'm going to start with the hardest yeah. one. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> because I think for everyone, including myself, like when I went to scale, people, I love people, but it was the hardest part because I I got in the way of not wanting to give things to other people. It can be hard to delegate. Mm -hmm. You know, when I was starting to get more 
people on the team for writers, I really believed I was the best writer and who else could, I would never trust my clients with any other writer. And like, I think you had a lot of that same energy. You still care so much about client success and making sure your people are taken care of. So let's talk a little Mm -hmm. bit about getting more people in your business and starting to hire your team and give Jenna more and more. I know that was a, a growth edge. Yeah. Yeah. The people was the hardest part because that's also a process. Like you kind of, you need at least nine months to put out the applications, get good people, interview them, vet them, and then train them. So that was, yeah, that was the hardest part, the most time consuming and the most important. Um, I did in those nine months, I hired three additional staff people, I think. Um, but actually, I think too, reflecting back on that, um, empowering my current staff was not only where I also put time, but I think in hindsight, that was the most valuable. Um, so if you don't have any staff, like, yeah, you got to hire, but if you do have some staff, how can you empower them to take on more roles? And I wanted to honestly do so in a way that wasn't necessarily paying them more. And I'm not saying they didn't deserve more. So there was some pay raises in there, but it was, you know, a goal of mine was how do I work less and the business still make just as much money. And I think there were a lot of things that I was as a business owner, I was taking upon myself that wasn't supposed to be my job. It was always supposed to be somebody else's job, but I got in my own way and I maybe didn't let them do their job to their fullest capability because I thought I was better at it or because I didn't trust in them. So this nine-month process was me kind of refocusing that, wait, this is actually your job. This actually isn't my job. You need to do it, whether there's a pay raise involved in that or not. This is why you need to do it. This is why I know you're the best person to do it. This is why I'm excited that you're doing it and like empower them and coach them up on that. And um it worked really, really well for two of the staff members I currently had in place. And uh, I did kind of, I do these quarterly like team days and, you know, I, I really had to kind of craft it. I think carefully, my stressed out mind couldn't be like, you need to take on my hours. That wasn't going to fly for them, but it really was empowering them of having them. I led them through an exercise where they kind of wrote out like, what is my job? What are my duties? Why am I doing it? What's the result of when I do everything to my fullest capability? And then we took an honest look at ourselves. Are we doing everything to our fullest capability? And they were able to vocalize to me, you know, I think I could be doing more of this. I think I could be doing more of that, you know, or I actually want to do this and I maybe haven't been given the opportunity. And that's where I let them take on more responsibility was kind of their own assessment of themselves and their roles where they knew they could step up more. And, you know, one of my employees, her name is Jenna, as you mentioned, um, I think this process was really great for her because when I did take about eight weeks, really stepping away, I didn't have any client interaction for eight weeks. Jenna's confidence was significantly higher in her role. You know, she is like, I can do this even without Lindsay. I I want Lindsay here Mm -hmm. because Lindsay makes the business better, but I can do this too. She always says things like, you know, Lindsay, I know this business is your baby, but I feel like I'm their favorite (laughs) aunt. Like I, you know, she wanted to step up to that plate. And uh, so she saw that growth that empowered her. And I think that was really, really important. 
um, as far as the people go, was empowering those that I already had. Yes. Yes. So much good in there. I think Mm -hmm. you and I are both the type of human that like, you know, don't be micromanagers. We don't want to overstep, you know, boundaries. We want to respect people's time and energy and expertise, but you're totally right. Like when we give our teammates goals and say, okay, this month I really Mm -hmm. want you to focus on learning this and the way that mm-hmm. you frame that is so beautifully coached that I want you to, you know, we want to be learning yeah. these new things. We want you to grow your role because this is what it means for our clients. And in our business, we've mm-hmm. been implementing more processes, which we're going to get into next. And I often feel like, oh, this is going to feel like more work for them. Like now you have to go take this to Asana and now you have to take me on Slack. Right. But every time I ask right. them to do something, I... <laughs> copywriter brain, much like your coaching brain, I'm like, well, why is this good for them? Oh, now they're not going to have to track me down three times a week to get my approval. It's just going to be part of a process. And Hannah gets to sleep better at night because I'm not wondering, like, did Nikki, did we approve that three times? Like, And so every time, yeah, yeah, we approach our team with growth or change, it's always about, you know, how is this good for them? And then I love how you also connect that to client success and just the growth and the goals that you have as a company. And I think too, for us, and I I do work in a business where it is working direct with clients. um, So client success is important. Like, I honestly think going back to Jenna's role, like when I used to get client feedback or like, you know, those heartwarming things, somebody would send a gift or write a letter, Mm -hmm. like warm fuzzies during maternity. Yeah. Warm fuzzies during my maternity leave when Jenna really stepped it up. She got her first warm, fuzzy, like personalized letter to Jenna, not to Lindsay and the Rise of Nutrition team, like to Mm -hmm. Jenna. And she continues to get those now. Um, And it's like, wow, if I didn't do this, she would have been so limited, Mm -hmm. you know, but now she's really. And and that's what that's what I always wanted for her. I just got in her way. Yeah, Yeah, the opportunity. There's so so much opportunity. And when we can get out of our own way in our own story of I should be or I can do it a certain way. Yeah. um, Yeah. We all rise together. Pun intended. Rise up. (laughs) And then I think. Yeah. Yeah. My business name rise up. Um, The other people pieces with the new people I did hire. I went into hiring them with this approach. You know, I didn't think that I hired Jenna wrong the first time around. I didn't think so. But, you know, every time you hire people, you're you're going to have lessons learned. So with the new people I did hire, I went into them with this kind of approach and t- having them, like me telling them more so like, okay, this is your role, but also like, what can you do in this role so that they could identify what their capabilities were maybe things that I hadn't identified or again, like was maybe self-limiting that they could say, well, I can do this. I can do that. These are my capabilities. And then it's like, okay, great. Do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so with the new people I hired, I, I tried to do that as best I could. One of them didn't work out in the end just to be upfront. Um, and, and that's, uh, as we might talk about later, just one of the things I learned throughout this process is the flexibility and, um, and so kind of, I think Gabe was about six months old at that time. And I, I did have to let her go. And it was like, you know what? It's okay, though. I just was a lot more flexible yeah. with it. Yeah. Being so. flexible with yeah, yeah. team and 
Being honest, too, I, what I've really yeah. found with hiring is exactly what you're talking about, finding people's strengths. So, yeah, we have this need in the company, but as entrepreneurs, like, it is fluid and flexible. And, yeah, maybe you are, um, you know, doing – like, for example, posting for me on social media, right? Like taking our content and posting it. Yeah. Well, you might also be really great at starting conversations or tracking the data also while you're in that app. And I think if you can understand what individuals are great at, what they're interested in beyond just the role you're hiring for, you give them that. Yeah, well, I also love spreadsheets. Great. Make spreadsheets mm -hmm. for me, right? Like what other opportunities do you mm -hmm. see? And I think... I, you know, mm -hmm. I came from academia or like kind of the cubicle life where I was used to job postings literally be like, this is exactly what you do. And on Monday, you put your lunch here. And yeah. on Tuesday, you meet with this person. And it's just not like that. And if we can not pretend like no. we have it all figured out and that I know exactly what your job is in this company, but more so like, mm -hmm. how can you help? What do you see? Are you a team player? Those like strengths and personal yeah. qualities are so big. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I agree. Okay. Yeah. So let's, so now that we are open to growing the team, okay, we could go yeah. so much deeper into that, but I, I actually do want to make just like two more notable notes because when we, you said you hired three people and do you remember how we decided what to hire for time tracking? Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I spent weeks tracking where my time yeah. was spent. And you were so good at it. Yes. I pulled up an Excel. I yeah. was so good Color -coded. at it. <laughs> I spent yeah. an, ex <laughs> an Excel sheet and it was like, you know, and sure, maybe that's like a business tip people had told me in the past before, but it was a waste of my time to track my time. But now this was, okay, track my time every day. How much time did I spend on emails versus clients versus um, content development every day? Every, analyze it at the end of every week, analyze it at the end of every month. So I think, I don't know how many months I did it throughout the nine months, but I think I did it for at least like three months before figuring out like what needs to change. And then I continued to do it as I hired these people to see the exactly. improvement. Um, and for me and my business, the number one thing time-wise was always clients, which is why I'm going back to, you know, Jenna and her role was so important because she's the person who can work with right. clients. But, you know, at the end of the day, like spending five hours a week on emails, like that can be cut down to two. That's valuable Absolutely. time. And so I also, you know, hired an assistant yep. for emails. Yep. yep. And that's the formula, right? Various like tracking where is your time going? And for you, it was yeah. always client one-on-ones, client notes, client follow-ups. Yeah. And so we knew client yeah. support was what you needed to hire for. Client and support, then yeah. before you were off, the next question we asked is like, okay, great. You've hired someone who can do some of that client support. That means you have more time back to focus on income producing activities. And that's when you really ramped yeah. up like podcast interviews and making connections mm -hmm. and, um, you know, going after higher, like higher level activities. So that's the formula when mm -hmm. we're hiring. It always feels like the, mm -hmm. like you said, I don't want to have to pay them more. I want, <laughs> but okay, if we're going <laughs> to pay people to take that off of my plate, what can I now um, yeah. be doing instead? That is an income producing activity. So. Yeah. How are you feeling about your marketing strategy? If you want to move up the emotional guidance scale as you get clarity on the missing pieces of your marketing, you'll want to check this out. The Feminine Marketing Strategy Open House is a 45-minute training video along with a PDF workbook that will help you map out a feel-good marketing strategy for your business. We're talking about putting all the puzzle pieces on the table and taking an honest look at what's working and what's not working for your marketing. 
Grab the link in the show notes. Yeah, for me, the um, I, I used to always get clients direct from social media and that was still working, but at that time it still was. And I hired someone to help with that. Um, but I also had this podcast that was growing and that I knew this is an income producing thing. And so I really worked on growing the podcast and hired um, an assistant there to help me grow the podcast as well. And she's done an amazing job. And um, really all I have to do is show up for the interviews. And that's great. Um, so the podcast growth and the podcast is it, it's not, you know, I also worked on things like um networking, company affiliation, sponsorships. I've made a little bit of money with that, but that when I say make money from the podcast, it's from spreading my mission and then people listen and people call me and people become clients. That's the main way the podcast, but I, and what I did preparing for maternity leave was had this conversation with my assistant. How many episodes do we need? I knew I was going to take eight weeks off. So I knew I needed a minimum of eight episodes stored up. But I was also like maybe a few extra because I don't really know what life is going to look like. Right. So, you know, we planned that out of um, having a, a pre-recording of episodes, which isn't how we used to operate. I know some podcasts do like kind of seasons and batch things. We didn't and weren't at that point in time. And and even now, I actually am still not because it's not what works with my current mm -hmm. schedule. It doesn't work to batch produce. But as I head into a second maternity leave, we're going to do yeah. that again. So I can I can do it when it needs yeah. to be. Um, so that that was important. The podcast, um, another income for me, I was noticing instead of just social media, actually the power of Google when you get your SEO right. So that was another huge project. Go team. Um, was getting the SEO right with the website. Yeah. Yes. Thank you to <laughs> your team. Um, and that I've seen the effects of that. I've seen that SEO is working yeah. better. Um, cool. So yes. yeah. Then, so all of that is like, like, I love what you said there about like, I know people batch. I know people time track, but like you were just in a place where you didn't need to. And I think so many people yeah. are and great. You can keep just like taking interviews as they come and like, you know, mm -hmm. SEO will work when I get to it, that sort of thing. But when you are committed to this goal of taking more time off, deciding what processes mm -hmm. you're going to put into place to become more efficient is essential, right? It's like, Sometimes you got to change yeah. what's good for what's going to be great. So let's move into talking yeah. about processes a little bit. We've kind of skirted around some of the stuff, um, just starting to document more things. I think um, that was really the key in hiring, right? was starting to build processes yeah. with the team. Again, you didn't have a binder of SOPs and you're like, all right, everyone, day one, this is how you do it. Come to me if you have questions. Mm -hmm. You, you know, you recorded calls in real time and had Jenna shadow you mm -hmm. and she wrote down some notes mm -hmm. um, just to start to document in real time how you do things. Um, but anything else you yes. learned in that sort of documenting and then delegating these processes? Anything else I learned in that process? Um, I think just to be transparent too, it, it, it took, there's a couple processes that were like trial and error or things that worked for certain times. Like I remember having a conversation with you. This was actually once, once baby was born, but of like, I just don't have time to sit down at the computer. And it was like, okay, do more voice notes, lean into that more, you know? And so little simple things like that, but it was also notifying my team of like, Hey, we're doing this yep. this way now. Um, and yeah, I guess I, I don't know. Sorry. I don't know that I have any other like yeah. lessons learned besides being yeah. open to trying different yeah. things. 
Yeah. And that's really, yeah. I mean, again, the, the note takers in the, the world, like that's really what it is. I mean, I'm doing this now on our team um, as we're thinking about kind of changing our client support system and having more regular check-ins and like, because it was just totally yeah. ad hoc. Like Hannah thinks of everyone every week. So Hannah's going to check in on everyone. Yeah. But now how do we do that in a yeah. like consistent, systematized way that works if I'm, you know, off the grid for a week or taking a maternity leave like Lindsay? Yeah. And I'm literally just at oh, my like, computer. Like, Nikki, this is how I'm doing it. Okay. I copy and paste. Yeah. And I put it in Asana. And she's yeah. like, oh, I see how we can do that better. I'm like, okay, now you yeah. document that. I started it messy. Now you now do you it Now you do too. it. Clean it up. Yeah. And and yeah, you know, she records yeah. it in a document. Yeah. And that that's exactly what I was doing with my team as well. Um, you know, another thing too is like I felt like because uh hours were shifting and things like that, and with virtual work, um, I started having them like fill out a form of like, what are you doing at work today? Mm -hmm. Just to like inform me, what are your priorities, what are your deadlines? That worked for a little bit. And then we shifted to just like doing it in a sauna, just sending each other like this bullet point message. It was like, wait, that's yeah. easier. Um, but yeah, that it was just important to kind of test out different processes, but make sure again, when it's just you doing your business, you got it all in your head, you're on top of it, but it's trusting and delegating things to others. There needs to be a process of communication. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that works and it's for me it's less scary to be in that to like be in the process of making processes right it's not like I'm just like yeah. blindly giving it away or saying okay I trust you a thousand percent with this thing right it's the do it yeah I'll do it you do it with me now you go ahead and do it and I'll watch you mm -hmm. and the question that I keep asking the team is what if this were easy Right. And that's where I'm like, OK, Nikki, I don't mm -hmm. know if this is the best way to do it. This is what I'm doing. Tell me how this can be easier. Mm -hmm. And again, they rise right. up and it's amazing what ideas can come when we're open yeah. to. Yes. To what's possible. OK, so people exactly, and processes. Yeah. Yay. Heavy lifts, though. Like you said, it wasn't easy. Took, yeah. Took nine months. Yeah. <laughs> plus, plus, plus. Yeah. Um, but having some of that in place so that you could feel more comfortable not checking on every single client every mm -hmm. day. Right. All right. Mm -hmm. So then the other mm -hmm. thing is around packages, because we've wanted to add new streams of income as we've hired and as you've taken time off, just, you know, and even just like take some of the pressure off of constant enrollment. Yeah. So you've actually added yeah. multiple streams of income in the last year and a half here. Um, so I want to talk through mm -hmm. the masterclass, your alumni group, and now what we're working on for coaches. And I think the yeah. biggest yeah. thing, like the starting point here, it's always been looking at what you already have. And every coach is always creating way more content than they know what to do with. Okay. Spoiler alert. Mm -hmm. My job as a copywriter is not usually to come up with new stuff. It's to take what you already have and repurpose it, make it better, put it together yeah. in new and different ways. And that's what I really saw last year with the masterclass. Yeah. So you had already had recipes, yeah. you already had, you just have done so many talks. I have everything. And I yes, yeah. said, okay, what if we put this, <laughs> you know, put the basic step one together and yeah. you made it happen, right? So during the nine months I was preparing, it was like, okay, just, I made, yeah, I made a... I made what I now call as my mini course, okay? But just this online, like what can be, yeah, just a, a course that someone, it's a self-study thing. Um, 
that was my project that I worked on. It didn't take me a full nine months, but just during that time. And then, okay, it's out there. It can sell. And it did sell. Um, one thing I didn't do great at just to be upfront is like having a good like marketing um, system for it, but it, it has sold some. So cool. And then I had this other program that I was seeing faults in and, and that it wasn't working well and it was working with clients. And so in time, I was like, well, why don't I turn that into basically an online downloadable product as well? And so now that's the, the second uh, master class or course that I have. Um, and it's just, it's works because it it wasn't really working before. And so now it's it's working just the same, if not better, but it's not time right. consuming right. for me. Let's take a, I want to take a step um, back think, really quick, just so people knew where things were at. Yeah. So you had your your high ticket one-on-one coaching, and that's true, yeah. one-on-one yes. coaching for 12 weeks. And then you yes. also had yeah. your group program. A group yeah. program, and yes. So, it's the group program that I was struggling with and was still taking up time and just wasn't selling amazingly. And then it's like, how do I fix this? Now this is effort to make it sell more. And then it was like, just turn the group program into a the masterclass because the people who want coaching, they want one-on-one coaching, at least in my space. I'm not going to say this is true for everybody. In my space, the people who want coaching want one-on-one coaching. So they'll do the one-on-one coaching and the people who are open to doing something a little more hands-off, they can do the masterclass. And so that was a good pivot. And like I said, I I think learning from after a year, I'm like, okay, got to do better with the marketing. However, like it, it was a source of passive income and it worked and it took, it did not add time. It took away time for my schedule, which going back to the beginning of this conversation was priority and goal of preparing to become a Mm -hmm. mother. Um, And then you know, throughout kind of lessons learned too, the new thing that you and I are working on is preparing another online product for another stream of income that's just catered towards a different market. It's catered to coaches. I work in the space of athletics. So instead of working with the athlete, here's something for the coaches, um, which is needed. I get a lot of coaches that call me, so I know it's needed. And also it spreads the words to athlete. To, to athletes, if a coach knows something and has this valuable product and refers 25 people on their team to me, you know, it's this referral process as well. Right. So, I mean, those are, you know, three streams of income that have been building and started um, as I was preparing for yeah. baby number one. Yep. And having the people and processes yep. in place to do the the meat and potatoes of like your one-on-one offer. Mm-hmm. That's such a big part of your cash flow win you back some time yeah. and space to then record that mastermind yeah. and bundle those yeah. modules that you have. And you know now we're mm-hmm. using some of your CEO time or IPA time to uh, yeah build this new offering for coaches. And again, it's about looking yeah. at what you already have, what already exists that can become packaged into something else. But then also who is like, who has your ideal clients in front of them every day? And if we can start to build those strategic partnerships yeah, coaches, yeah. for you, yeah. working with female athletes, coaches are a great place to build strategic mm-hmm. partnerships and we're going to offer some value to them. But like for for me, I think about, OK, well, 
people build websites all the time, but who's putting the words on it? So what can I offer like website developers Mm -hmm. or people who spit out coaches who, great, I'm certified, I'm excited, but Mm -hmm. I don't know the marketing. Well, the same idea, I think we can all be thinking about who's already interacting with your ideal clients. Um, And those are great opportunities Mm -hmm. for not just strategic partnerships, but new streams of income like Lindsay is showing us. So all that yeah, strategic absolutely. stuff is great, but I also want to know like the the mindset and the energy. You know, you're on t- you know, you're you're trying to pull me over to your team over there, but I have not been pregnant or had kids and you know, while running a business <laughs> nonetheless. So talk to us a little bit yeah. about yeah, um you know, maybe some of those other like mindset or just well-being, you're a health coach. Like if you could turn around and tell yourself or tell, you know, women a year behind you or two years behind you, what are some of your other lessons learned? Yeah. Um, I think a huge insight I I had never really taken like literally time off from the business also because because of the timing of things, like we had just kind of gotten through COVID. So like nobody went on vacation for like two years, right? Like I didn't Mm -hmm. take time off from the business. And um, so it was kind of scary to do that. Did all that work in the nine months planning, empowering the team, hiring, working on the processes and stuff. And then it was like, you know, most mothers, new mothers, you you do need to recover. You do spend eight hours a day breastfeeding. Um, Your mind is mush. You're emotional. Your hormones are all over the place. I did check in with, I had a lead point person. Um, so Jenna was my lead point person. And then, you know, checked in with everybody else a little bit, but could check in with Jenna, not even every day, sometimes every other day. And and it wasn't a, I need to do something. It's a, things gone good. Yes. Okay. Let me know if you need anything. And like four weeks later, I was like, whoa, like I have a business because I just took four weeks off and the business mm-hmm. is still here. The website didn't burn up in flames. The clients didn't rebel and run out. Like everything's okay. <laughs> right. Um, eight weeks later, I was honestly eager <laughs> to get back to work because when you do nothing but talk to adults, speak English. Oh my yeah. God. I <laughs> wanted to work. I wanted to work. Okay. So, so I build my way back up and I prepped my team. I prepped my team as well for kind of knowing that somewhere around six to eight weeks, I'd probably start work, but don't expect things to just go back. Like we're going to start this mm-hmm. new chapter. And I didn't really know what that was going to look like yet, but I did just prep them. It's not only maternity leave. And then we go back to normal. It's maternity leave. And then Lin- Lindsay reincorporates herself and everything that you guys have been empowered to do in these processes and systems, like mm-hmm. they stay. And so um, I would say the first few months I did get back into work was this, it, was, it wasn't just like I went from working zero to 20 hours. It was like very gradual. And what do we need the most of? And and for me at that point in time, it was getting back on some client calls, um, not client calls, enrollment calls was number one. We had, I didn't mention this before, but we had established going back to process. We had established a wait list during that time. So I honestly, I didn't enroll any new clients for, I think, a solid like four to six weeks, but I had worked really hard Mm -hmm. before that time to enroll Mm -hmm. a bunch of clients Mm -hmm. beforehand. Didn't enroll any new clients for four to six weeks. And then that was where I wanted to start. So let me get back on client enrollment calls to keep our main source of Mm -hmm. income going. 
um, mindset there was flexibility. It was being upfront with people that I got a baby in the room with me. Okay. Um, and they were so understanding. Everybody's understanding. I know we might put this pressure on ourselves, like be professional, like people are understanding. (laughs) Um, one time I enrolled and landed $3,900 client, like while actively (laughs) breastfeeding. Stop doing the Zoom. We I were not hot. doing Zoom uh, yeah, yeah. at that point, right? <laughs> <laughs> that one was yeah. on the phone. Although I was um, with my clients that I had more of a personal relationship when I started getting back on client calls. Like they were fine with it. You know, I might have tilted the screen a little bit, had mm-hmm. my little shawl on, but they were fine with it. And in fact, I do work with all females mm-hmm. as well. So it was sometimes empowering. They were like, wow, Mm -hmm. look at you. You know, they were inspired. They were understanding. So that was really good. So I think mindset wise was, you know, to, I personally like take the time off. Don't, don't work, take the time off. But when you personally feel like I'm ready to work again, okay, do, but like ease yourself back into it and make that clear with your team of what easing yourself back into it looks like prioritize what that looks like. Um, because you still, I, I will just say too, like hormonally, emotionally, like there's a lot going on. And even if you are eager to work, you might show up to work not being 100% mm. yourself. So be aware of that and continue to give yourself time and space to heal you mentally, know. physically, and adjust to this new life. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, um, I think that's so beautiful. The like reminder, like we don't just like go back to how it was. We're going to build into this new era. No. And so now here we are a year later, you still take Thursday mommy days where you are not working, you're yes. not available, you're not taking calls. Um, and yeah. And Sundays. Sundays are a complete off day as well. Which, yeah. Thursday mommy days and Tuesday afternoons or mommy afternoons. I do a little bit of work Tuesday mornings and then afternoon is all mommy. And like my team mm-hmm. knows that. boundaries. If they do send me a message, they know I'm not going to respond unless it's urgent, which is very rare mm-hmm. in my work. But like they will say like, mm-hmm. urgent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't even know that that's yeah. happened yet. But, but it's in it the processes, yeah. right? Right. <laughs> yeah, it's in the process. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so, so good. Um, and I think it's amazing how you've continued to, like, choose choose that life that you want. So, you know, we've worked together for over three years now at this point, And I've seen different ideal days from you and ideal, like, weekly calendars. And we've, you know, continued to adjust, like you said, when it was a pandemic and you were single even. You weren't, you know, and you were just, like, building your your lifestyle mm-hmm. and your schedule looked really different and now it's just so beautiful to see this era of Lindsay 1.5 yeah. <laughs> one baby yeah. one more on the way <laughs> and continuing to live the mission that you're on and i think for a lot of people like us it's that permission that you're still going to make the impact you want in this world and you still get to show up for the business mm-hmm. and the genius that you've created and want to share and yeah. you can give yourself the family, the freedom, the travel, those other things as well mm-hmm. with the three P's. I think there's, <laughs> yeah, the three P's. And I think there's two other things I just want to sneak in here if I can. Um, Cause going back to mindset, I think that I, I did a lot of mindset work, like with journaling, I did shadow work. I had a lot of fears, not just about the business, but about being a mom. Am I going to mm-hmm. be a good mom? Can I do this? And so Um, work on your mindset, not just of the business, but about this new chapter that you're heading into, whatever that looks like for you. I did a meditation retreat about a month before Gabe was born. And 
that was very cathartic for me and mm-hmm. very helpful because also I had, didn't have time to meditate for the next <laughs> year. It all so right that was now. helpful to squeeze that in there. <laughs> um, so pro- give yourself the time and space to process your emotions, not just about business, but about what this new chapter in your life will be. Um, and then the next thing I wanted to add is I want to empower people with mom strength that I work less now. I work more efficiently. I might have a little more chaos in my life, but everything is like a lot more somehow streamlined and controlled. Like I can't say that for the first six months. The first six months were kind of crazy. But after that, like, and that's why I'm not as stressed having baby number two, because I'm like, I'm in mom mode. I can do, I can be a mom and a business owner. And you absolutely can too, if you want to. There's this like incredible like mom mm-hmm. strength that we tap into, uh, whether it be the structure of like feeding times for baby and nap times actually working out really nicely with the structure you need to create for your mm-hmm. business, but also the freedom and flexibility of like, I can deal with screaming babies and them not taking a nap. And that's the freedom and flexibility you need in business when things don't go your way as well either. Like, I truly think that becoming a mom has helped me become a better business owner with that balance between structure and flexibility. And so for anybody too, like, I want to empower you that it could, this could make your business better. Yeah. I have a friend who (laughs) um, is in a similar, has like two, well, she has two babies. She's not pregnant right now. And she was saying a similar thing. Like, Everything you're thinking is a problem right now is so not a problem. Like you will figure it out so fast. And it's amazing Mm -hmm. how we expand into the potential, right? It's not even like a contraction or, oh, it's like we just expand. We expand as women when given those opportunities. So well said. That's exactly it. Yes. I think people fear a family or baby will limit them. It doesn't. You expand. Except when you travel. You did say that. You did say it's different. Traveling with the baby now. Back full circle airport moment. That's true. <laughs> okay. Okay. Fine, no, yeah. kudos to you. Um, Traveling during the holidays with a one-year-old. It's amazing. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. thank you, Lindsay. And if people just want to like learn more about you and what you're up to in the world on the coaching side of things, where can they continue mm-hmm. learning from you? All right. My website is riseupnutritionrun.com. My Instagram is at female.athlete.nutrition and the podcast is the Female Athlete Nutrition Podcast. And hopefully you'll find everything you need between those three things. Big fan of the website because you're a coaching client. I don't, (laughs) you know, okay. What's the, what's the word? Like behind the curtain here, Hannah always says, oh, I don't coach anymore. Well, sometimes I coach wonderful people like Lindsay and, um, I don't know where I was going with that, but I just wanted to say thank you for being one of my favorites, favorite humans, favorite clients in all the ways. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Well, thank you for continuing to coach me. Yeah, it's been very helpful throughout this process. No, secrets out, secrets coming out more and more. So beautiful stuff, friends. I'll be back next week with another inspiring guest. Okay, so after all that talk, you and I both know that action brings clarity. So here's what to do next. Go to www.dfycopywriting.org slash free to get your current marketing appraised by the done for you marketing team. That's us. 
We want to help you lay all the puzzle pieces of your brand and business on the table so you can see exactly where you're totally on point with your messaging and where you need to zhuzh it up to get you even better results and more clients. And if you got a gem out of this episode specifically, please let us know. Screenshot, share to Instagram and tag Hannah Hermanson underscore and make sure all of your biz besties know about this episode. Lastly, if you're getting consistent value from our show, please take two minutes to leave us a review and let us know what you're loving and what you love to see more of. We love seeing you and we'll be back here next week with another episode.